Welcome to the Behavior Corner Podcast with Barb Roba. Barb created the Behavior Corner after almost two decades of working side-by-side with families to improve their children's behavior. This is a supportive place for parents to come together to learn how to manage powerful emotions, negative behavior choices, and the chaos that we experience along our parenting journeys. In the Behavior Corner, we share professional, practical, and positive parenting advice. These are the tools that will give you a strong foundation to make positive behavior changes in your children a reality. Get ready. This is going to be great. Welcome to this week's episode of The Behavior Corner. We are talking about something that is near and dear to a lot of parents' hearts, and that something is emotions. Everyone has emotions, and we're just not talking about the happy, sad, mad, glad emotions that we hear most frequently when we're talking about teaching our kids about their feelings. (laughs) Oh, no, no. We are talking about a flood of powerful emotions. And what do we do with that? How do we teach our kids to handle that? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about those emotions flooding in and causing chaotic situations in our home and within our children. What in the world are we going to do with that? That's exactly what we're going to get to today in the Behavior Corner during this podcast. So here we are. I'm sure you can picture it because I know I've been there several times with my own kids. Something trivial goes wrong. And I pause a little bit when I say trivial because it's trivial to you and I, but it's the whole world to our kids. So check this example out. You pack a snack to go to the playground and you pack goldfish crackers, but your child was expecting um, fruit snacks. What's going to happen? Well, (laughs) they may take the goldfish, have their snack and carry on. They may decide they don't want the goldfish and just return to playing. But if your kids have ever been down this road like my kids have several times, the whining is going to start, the tears are going to come, the yelling is going to happen. I wanted fruit snacks, right? (laughs) Some of you have even experienced hitting behaviors. The screams that come from tantrums and meltdowns. You know what I'm talking about. We consider this as adults irrational behavior. Holy cow, what just happened? I thought I was doing a good job bringing those goldfish crackers. Guess I should have brought the fruit snacks. On the flip side, though, man, my child is so ungrateful. They should be happy I brought them goldfish crackers. All these different thoughts could go through our mind as a parent. We know that something simple that goes wrong in our kids' lives could easily be transformed into chaos. And you know, the other thing we know is that this isn't just with very young kids who are playing with their friends at the playground in the middle of the day and who are eating their snack. You know, the preschoolers. This even happens with school-age kids. We see this a lot. 
something doesn't go their way and it ruins everything in their mind. So why is this? I'm going to tell you. Our kids are learning how to be able to handle their emotions. They're learning how to do this. And you know what? They may be able to handle one emotion. They might be able to handle feeling disappointed about something. But what happens when those emotions become complex? Maybe there's two emotions. They're jealous and they're angry. What do they do with that? What if we add in their sadness? Man, those are three very powerful emotions. Do you think your kids could regulate themselves enough to be in control, to handle those situations, to cope with what's going on without having a blowout? I don't know. I guess only you know that answer. And I know for kids who are growing up, they don't have the developmental capacity to be able to stop, think, and use the coping tools needed to diffuse a situation every single time. It's not possible. Heck, I don't think some adults can do that every single time. So yes, we're going to see some tears. We're going to hear some door slam and some stomping of the feet. We're going to have some talking back behaviors because my gosh, guys, these emotions are powerful. And these things are tough. There are tough things that happen in our kids' lives. And yes, to them, it's everything. It's their world. An argument with a peer at school can derail our kids. They could feel betrayed, annoyed, sadness, disappointment, frustration. I just named five feelings. How do we deal with five negative and powerful feelings? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now what you can do when this happens in your home. When you have these flood of emotions causing a chaotic situation. And I'm going to tell you right now, your key to success is calmness. I want you to stop. Just stop yourself, even if it's for a second, while your child is spewing at you. (laughs) Because sometimes, guys, that's the point we're at. Stop and breathe. And I don't mean some shallow breaths. I mean really breathe. Take a deep breath. And hold it for two seconds, maybe three, and let it go. You're going to feel a physical response in your body of calmness. Is it going to be complete calmness? No, silly. (laughs) Your child is in chaos. But it is going to help your brain function a little bit better. It's going to help your body feel a little bit more relaxed. And go ahead and take that second breath when this is happening. Because in order to help your child, you need to portray calmness, which also translates into safety. And I got this. I'm here to support you. Calmness is the key. So along with that key, you need a little magic. Let me tell you about that magic. That magic comes when you can plan 
for these meltdown times. This is where emotional regulation, the ability to handle these powerful emotions and make good choices. This is where it begins because when we can plan for these times of chaos and stress, we can be preventative and we can avoid it. So let's build what we need. I want you to keep in mind that every child is specific. They're unique. Different things work for different people. So what works for me to help calm my chaos isn't exactly what's going to work for you or even your kids. And what works for your kids may not work for the neighbor. In fact, what works for your oldest child may not work for your youngest child and vice versa. That is to be expected. One thing that we all have in common though, life doesn't always go our way. And we need to be able to have the tools in place to handle that. For us adults, those tools commonly look like a trusted person to talk to, exercising, taking a a warm bubble bath, reading a book. Those are some healthy coping tools that adults commonly use. Well, what about kids? I recommend when you're trying to teach your kids to use coping tools, that they're things that your kids like that meet their needs. And let's start with the sensory area. So much of what goes on in our children's lives happen around their senses, whether they're seeing things, hearing things, feeling things, smelling things, and taste is the last one. Sometimes we're getting negative input from our senses, which is causing us to enter into chaos mode or to be triggered, as I like to say. And I hope that it isn't a true chaotic event that happens to your child. Hopefully it's a minor upset that can be handled because I'm going to tell you, when kids enter into true chaos, true meltdown phase, you got to let that ride, guys. You will not be able to rationalize with your kids when they're in true meltdown or chaos phase. That's because their brain goes offline, so to say. Their ability to reason and process is now in crisis mode. It is not working. I went to a conference recently and I learned that it takes 29 minutes, 29, two nine guys, 29 minutes for the human brain to recover from a crisis or meltdown situation, to be able to make rational and logical decisions. So when all of this blows up and you're staying calm, give it some time. Give it some time before you start to remind your kids of those tools that we're about to go over right now. So if we're talking about our senses, Allow your kids to explore what makes them feel calm or happy or at ease. Things that they can touch, clay, squishies, slime, fuzzy items, pieces of Velcro. Those are all very popular choices for kids when they're looking for a redirection or a coping tool, as we've been talking about, to help give them positive sensory input through touch. How about smell? 
How about essential oils? There are so many different scents that are pleasing to our kids. It makes them happy. How about candles? Unlit candles that they can smell helps make them happy. Smelly stickers is another very popular choice to help with the sensory aspect of scent. Visual. What makes your child happy? What do they like to look at? What do they like to watch? Could some of those special visual things help to calm your child? I bet they can. How about auditory? What do they like to listen to? In fact, I was working with a family today and their child said, I really find that when I listen to music, it calms me down. Great. Go listen to music. Other things that have helped students and kids who are dealing with behaviors in their home are calming cards. I call them coping cards. Coping cards are like flashcards. They have a picture and then a few words on there telling the child how to calm themselves down. It may be exercises in mindfulness. It may be exercises in taking time, taking a break, guiding them through visual imagery. It could be reminders to look at a liquid timer dripping or a glitter wand or reminding them who their trusted person is in their life when they need help. Also, regular review and practice of mindfulness. How to take deep breaths, how to move your body in rhythm while you're taking those breaths are all very good ideas. The last one I left for you is my favorite, positive self-talk. Identify a few phrases with your kids that are uplifting, that can help them through a difficult time. Now, I mentioned a little while ago that when your child is in chaos mode and meltdown mode, you got to let that ride until their brain starts being ready to logically and rationally use some of these tools. But what do you do until you can get to that point? In the moment, remember your breathing? Just breathe, guys. Take your breaths, and then I want you to stop and think. What do I want you to think about this time? I want you to think about their perspective. Why is this such a big deal to them? And you know why I want you to think about that? Because it builds your empathy to understand them and meet them where they're at. If we can meet our kids' needs where they're at, even if on the surface level it seems ridiculous to us, if we can meet them where they're at, support them in their troubled times, because it truly is a big deal to them, then we are going to bridge a stronger bond with our kids. We're going to have better relationships. We're going to even have better behavior down the road because we are accepting of them unconditionally and we are supporting their needs and they will see that when you can do that genuinely. I also want you to do something else in the moment. If it's possible, separate them from what's bothering them at the moment. 
Okay, you're upset about those goldfish crackers. Then let's not even look at this snack. We'll go back to playing. If you're able to, give your child a choice. Okay, let's not look at those goldfish crackers. Let's go back to playing or we could go home and get fruit snacks. Now remember, if they're in that meltdown and crisis mode, you're going to have to make the decision for them and follow through with that until they're able to think rationally on that. When you start seeing them recover, offer the calming tools and work through the steps of how to use the tools. Now, how are they going to know how to work through the steps? I'm going to tell you. (laughs) And this last step that you can keep in mind to try to avoid those flood, that flood of powerful emotions coming in is to plan and practice. Plan and practice. Do this when your child is calm. Do this after that 29 minute time when their brain has recovered and they're ready to process with you what happened. Plan for better choices in the future when they become upset. Plan for that. How do you plan for it? You have meaningful conversations. Even if your child is very young, you can have simple conversations. I see you got very upset. The next time you feel your body getting upset, this is what we can do. And give them, I don't know, two or three choices from that list I just gave to you a few minutes ago and have them pick something out that they like and practice with it. Say to them, if you start becoming upset with your older sibling or with the snack I packed you, what could we do to help calm you down? And let's say that they pick a glitter wand to look at. Great, we're going to take this glitter wand with us and this is how we're going to use it if we ever need it and practice with them while they're calm. So why is that so important? Why not just throw tools at them in the heat of the moment? It's that stinking brain again. When they're calm, the front part of their brain, we call that the prefrontal cortex, is ready to learn and to use some positive tools when they're calm. When they are offline and in chaos, that is not a possibility for their brain. So if they can learn this skill, a coping tool that they enjoy using, and they can begin using it before they're completely melting down, you, my friend, are going to be able to avoid a chaotic situation. Not everything in life is going to go our way, and that's okay. We need to tell our kids that. We need to recognize that. When it doesn't go our way, we have a plan. Remember those coping cards I told you about? They go with you everywhere. You make copies of them. You put some in backpacks. You put some in your glove compartment. Those are your visual reminders that you can show to your child when they start becoming upset to help defuse a situation so that you don't have chaos rearing its ugly head again and again and again. And remember that planning phase. If you could take it even one step further and identify what is triggering your child 
again and again and again, you could even extinguish that chaos all together. Let me quickly explain what I mean about that. If your child is always triggered and having meltdowns when they go outside to play because they're having scooter competitions together, I use that example because my kids do that. They go out into the driveway and they're each on their scooter and they try to race. And then what happens? The competition gets too much. They might crash into each other, which, my friends, that has happened. (laughs) They start yelling. They start accusing each other of cheating. And eventually, there's someone stomping in the house or crying or slamming a door. All right, we need to stop and think as parents. How can we plan to avoid this from even happening so that we don't need to bring these coping tools out to help diffuse this already difficult situation? How about this? When you're outside on your scooters, you're not racing. New rule. How about when one's going down the driveway, the other one's going up so that there's no competition to see who could get there first? There's our second new rule. How about if you start getting too aggressive, you're putting the scooters away? Yep, that's rule number three. And how do I know these rules? I've put these rules in place in my own home. And guess what? We don't have chaos and meltdowns and poor behavior around scooters anymore because we planned for it. We were able to eliminate that chaos from our life through planning. You got this, guys. You can do it. Until next time, I encourage you, be brilliant and be empowered. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Come and visit us on our other social media platforms, including our fan page found on Facebook, Behavior Corner LLC, and our amazing closed group where even more goodness happens at Raising Kids, Behavior Solutions That Work. And of course, a shout out to Barb is always available at barb at behaviorcorner.com.